0: How to do the holidays your way. Is it even possible? Is it a pipe dream? That's what we're digging into today. Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach over at ChooseToHaveItAll.com, where I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And today I'm talking to you on the day before the United States Thanksgiving, and that means the holiday season is upon us, friends. And... I think at this time of year, this is the time when suddenly we think we've given our lives away. We think suddenly we're falling prey to everyone else's expectations, everyone else's needs, everyone else's desires. And now's the time when we start putting ourselves lower and lower down the list. And that might be possible. And that might be true. But only if you choose it. Only if that's the way you decide you want it to go. Because we really do get to have our holidays our way. There's natural consequences attached to that, of course. We need to live with the natural consequence of disappointing people when our needs are in contradiction with others. We need to live with um, feeling bad when we choose one family member or friend over another during a a busy time of scheduling. But we really do get to decide what we want this period in our lives to be like, what we need for our businesses, what we need for ourselves, and what's gonna set us up for the most success. If we decide to pull over to the side of the road and let someone else drive our cars of our lives and our businesses, well, we sit in the natural consequence of that too, I think. But if you get crystal clear on the life you wanna have during this time, what you want your holiday season to look like, what you need it to look like in order for your business to continue to function or your dreams to continue to stay on track, that's entirely within your control. I think what happens is we all think this, or we'd all like to think it, and we'd all like to believe it, but we get stuck on the how, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. So listen in on the other side of the break, and I'll find you there. I always find it so ironic that people start their personal development journey in January. They set their intentions. They make their New Year's resolutions. They talk about how they want their year to be. They fill it with all of this motivation and inspiration. And then they end their years giving it all away to other people, to their needs and to their expectations and to the way they want their holidays to go. And it doesn't have to be that way. Because everything we've been talking about in recent weeks stands true, even though it's the holiday season. You get to decide how you want your holidays to be, who you want to be, how you want to move through the world, and what you need them to look like. This is the time when you have to get crystal clear on what you need and what you want from this period of time and what you're willing to do, and what boundaries you're willing to set to ensure that that happens. It's entirely on us to have the holidays that we want, that we dream, and that we hope for. It's a time for family and friends, and I think sometimes we get confused and mixed up, and we get pressured into believing that this is the time when others' needs are more important than our own. And sometimes I think that's absolutely going to be possible. And it's going to be true because the natural consequence of letting down your grandmother and saying, I'm sorry, I can't do the three-hour drive in traffic this year, or I'm sorry, I can't afford the plane ride, is a really hard conversation to have. And I think what happens sometimes is because we don't want to say the hard things, because we don't want to set the hard boundaries, we find ourselves giving ourselves away. We overcommit, we overspend, we overdo simply because we fear and avoid saying no. We fear and avoid the conflicts that come from disappointing others. And we try to avoid the guilt that comes with disappointing others. But the natural consequence all year long of going after the dreams we want, the lives we want to have, the time freedom, the lifestyle freedom, the financial freedom, the whole time from January until now has been that in order to have the life we want, the holidays we want, the businesses we want, the relationships we want, at some point we are going to have to let other people down. It's non-negotiable, but we've sat in the natural consequence when we give ourselves away, when we say yes and we should have said no, when we volunteer to do something we really don't want to do, when we lower our rates because we feel bad for the client or consumer. We sit in that natural consequence of giving ourselves away all the time. It's our choice whether or not we continue to do that during the holiday season. You have to get really clear here. What is your ideal holiday look like? How much time are you spending traveling? How much money are you spending? How much time do you want or are you able to take away from your job or your business? You have to know what you want and what you need and what you're willing to do before you even consider what other people need or are asking of you. Otherwise, what ends up happening is you get in the passenger seat of your own car. You're in that reactive mode where you're reacting to somebody's request and you don't have that big picture in front of you of what you need or what you want. So you find yourself saying yes and then like a week later, two weeks, later, you're like, why did I ever agree to this? I don't have the time for this. I don't have the money for this. And it's not the other person's fault for asking. It's not the other person putting pressure on you. It's your responsibility to decide your time. We don't just start giving that away and giving the responsibility to someone else simply because it's the holiday season. It remains our job to take care of ourselves. And when we don't, we sit in the natural consequence of doing that. So you know what the holidays are like. You know how they go. You know the usual suspects in your life. You know the people who act out, the people who pressure you, the people who guilt you into doing things you don't want to do. You know the pile of expectations sitting in front of you. So before they're even presented to you, get really clear on what you want and need. And then as the requests come in, you can bounce their requests off your list in order to decide if it's something you're able to or willing to accommodate. This is a really hard time of year for a lot of people Not only are the demands and expectations higher and more intense, this is also a time when people are pinged, triggered, and reminded of loss, of childhood letdowns, of traumas, of bad memories, tough relationships, you name it. This is the time that it comes up to people's minds. And this is the time when people feel like they need to shove that stuff down, that now's not the time to think about it, now's not the time to deal with it. And they cast those bad memories and those disappointments and the discouraging thoughts and feelings off to the side. And that's the first mistake they make. Because in order to be your best self for the people around you, in order to show up genuinely and authentically in your holiday family traditions and, you know, family dinner tables and all of that, you need to know what you need to get through the holiday season, to know what your story is and how you're going to take care of it. And the only way I know how to have this conversation with you is to try to make it as specific as possible, because I think sometimes we can get too kumbaya about it. We can talk too generically. We can talk too high in the sky and nobody really knows what I'm talking about here. So I wanted to give you a concrete example from a client I had several years ago when I was a therapist. She had an uncle who Always every year, without fail, at every holiday, would become drunk, disorderly, and make a lot of inappropriate comments. And every year, her mother, her, the uncle's sister, my client's you know uh, mom, would allow those comments to continue and would tell my client, "Oh, that's just your uncle. you know how he is. Just let it go. It's the holidays, we're all together. that's the important thing, et cetera, etc." Cetera. You know what I'm talking about, right? So many of us have the people in our families who make us feel uncomfortable, who press on our boundaries, who make us want to say no, but then uncomfortable doing it. And we have to figure out how we want to move through the world than that. My client came in so upset that her mom would constantly just choose her uncle over her. That was constantly the story. And what I ended up having to teach her and explain to her is that that's absolutely what it feels like. The uncle's inappropriate. My client's uncomfortable with it. The mom is asking her daughter to just let it go, let it push it under the rug, skip it so that everyone can just get along. What I try to help my client see is that she can't control what her mother's values are. For her, for her mom, the value is family being together at any cost is the most important thing. The mother's value was conflict avoidance. The mother's value was fake it till you make it. Maybe putting that Norman Rockwell picture on it and making everything look sparkly, new, and family friendly, even if it really wasn't. And for my client to put all of her energy on her mother setting a boundary, her mother not inviting her uncle to the party, her mother making the hard choices, she was giving her personal power away. And that's the first thing I want you to think about. When you think about the things about the holiday season, the people you're going to need to encounter, the expectations upon you, the things you're going to feel pressured to do and to show up for, who are you holding responsible for setting the boundary? Because we are responsible for setting our own boundaries, whether we like it or not. Whether we wish somebody would swoop in and rescue us, whether or not we wish somebody would protect us, show up for us, take care of us. We are responsible for putting ourselves in the rooms that we want to be in and leaving the rooms we don't want to be in. In that example with my client, she put up with it. Until her daughter was born. And then she wanted to change the family rule, And I had to help her do that. And this is how I'm going to help you. I used to tell my therapy clients all the time that we'll all do for our kids what we're not willing to do for ourselves. I'm not a parent. I don't have children. But it's this idea that sometimes setting the important boundaries is easier when we're doing it for other people instead of ourselves. And for mothers, the fierce warrior mama comes out and suddenly they're saying things they never imagined saying and doing things they never imagined doing. And in this example that I'm walking you through, because I want I want you to use this example to walk yourself through whatever difficult boundary you're struggling with setting this year. I asked my client, do you not want to be at your mom's at all this Thanksgiving? do you not want to be at that table? Do you not want to be a part of the holiday tradition? And do you want to start something with your daughter and your husband on your own and start a new tradition? Because you get to do that. And she said no, that she had um, sisters and her daughter's cousins and people flying in that they hadn't seen in a while and that she didn't want to miss out on that time because of one errant uncle who can't keep his mouth shut. So then I said, given that you're choosing to go to the house, given that you know you're choosing to be there and your daughter's going to be there, even though your uncle's also going to be there, what do you need to have happen? And what my client was able to tune into is that those gatherings go fairly well until her uncle starts drinking a little bit too much. That's when his mouth gets going. That's when he starts being inappropriate. That's when she starts feeling uncomfortable. So what she decided to do on this particular year is she would show up to the family for appetizers only. So she would arrive early so she could see her family members, do the dinner prep, do the meal prep, allow her daughter to spend time with her cousins. She could see her own sister who had flown in from across the country. They could spend time together. But then after appetizers, she would tell her family that they had made other plans and they were going to be spending the rest of the day somewhere else. Once she got crystal clear on what she wanted and what she needed, she was able to move to the how. The non-negotiable was she didn't want her daughter subjected to her uncle's inappropriate behavior. So she figured out a way to make herself more comfortable. Additionally, one of the things we worked on, and this is something I wanna teach you today, is the idea of internal boundaries. I think sometimes I mention the word boundaries and everybody's back goes up and people start to get tense and they start to hold their breath because they know what's coming next. I'm going to be asking them or expecting them to have a really hard conversation, to say out loud to somebody, what you're doing is making me feel this. I find it intolerable. I need you to do this. If you don't do that, I'm going to be doing this. That really hard Text of boundary setting, if you look at, you know, if you look it up in the dictionary, perfect boundary setting is like, you know, like just laying down the hammer and coming down hard on somebody. That's not the only way to do boundaries. And during the holiday, that kind of confrontational talk, that kind of direct talk is going to open up a whole can of worms that for many families simply isn't worth it, isn't going to get you any kind of desired result, and isn't going to take you where you want to go in the conversation or even in your boundary setting. But you do get to have what I call internal boundaries. The boundaries you know, but you keep to yourself because you yourself are going to ensure that you uphold them. So for her, her internal boundary in this example was her daughter wasn't ever going to be alone with her uncle. She was always going to make sure that there was another adult in the room because all the adults kind of knew about this, you know, uncle whose mouth would run periodically. So she made sure that her daughter was never one-on-one and she didn't go to her uncle and say, listen, I don't like the way you talk. I don't like the things you say. So just so you know, you can't be alone with my daughter. She just moved the social gathering in such a way that made that possible. Think about it for a second. What are the boundaries you have that if you didn't have to say them out loud, you could just quietly know them and ensure that they would happen and put yourself responsible for making them happen? What are the ones you would set? I also think that this discussion should come with a little bit of a warning label. Beware of the self-fulfilling prophecy. So often things like the holidays, anything that comes round every year, any tradition, any sort of repeated event we run the risk of creating the self-fulfilling prophecy. We've done it so many times. We've participated in so many different ways. The ending's always the same. So-and-so always starts talking politics. So-and-so always starts talking religion. The fight happens, the drinks come out, the dessert happens, and everyone kisses and hugs goodbye, and so it goes. And I think one of the reasons why, in addition to tradition, and in addition to people being the way they are, is that we create self-fulfilling prophecies. We determine, before we've even shown up at an event, how it's gonna go, who's gonna say what, who's going to act inappropriate, who's going to do this, who's going to do that, and what ends up happening with self-fulfilling prophecies. And the reason why they're so powerful is we start scanning the events and we scan the conversations and we scan that period of time looking for proof positive of all the things we knew we were going to see. So the person who always makes a negative complaint, as soon as they negative complain, we're like, yes, ha, ha. We knew it. As soon as somebody starts to cry, we go, oh, there she goes again, the natural born crier. As soon as somebody does their predictable thing, we go looking for it and we notice it for ourselves, either internally or with, you know, a friendly eye across the room or an elbow to the person at your side but what happens with self-fulfilling prophecies is we only go looking for those things so we miss out on the things that happen the interactions that occur the conversations that are had that would never have been had before we fail to recognize the difference. And a lot of times, self-fulfilling prophecies are usually not filled with the good stories. They're not filled with the super generous aunt who gives more money than you know people know what to do with. They're not filled with the, like, the best cookie ever or the most special dessert. Usually, they're filled with dread and with gloom and with shadow, the things we don't wanna have happen, the things we have to put up with in order to have the good. My challenge in this holiday season is to look for the ways the holidays have become different with your friend circle, in your life, in your business, with your families. Start looking for the good. Start looking for the differences. Take a moment to suck that joy in, that happiness in, the newness in, the light in. Look for the ways that things are new. Because what happens when you do that is you start to notice the thorn in your side a little bit less. You're less aggravated. You're less triggered because you're also knowing the way things are different. And the reality is, is you can tune into yourself. And we've been talking about this in recent episodes, and you can decide to be the change you want to see not only have a boundary, not only have a limit. Think about taking a chance. Think about doing it differently, showing up differently than you normally would because when one person in a pattern changes the way they act, everything in the pattern shifts. So if you don't like the chats about politics or religion or you don't want X to happen, what are you going to do instead? What new traditions can you bring to the table? What new conversations can you start? What new way can you show up to start to create a family tradition, a family or friend conversation that's more in line with what you would like and what you hope for yourself? If you want it to be different the change starts with you always with you one of the reasons why people get so nervous during the holidays is that sometimes this is the time when you haven't seen people since the last holiday and then you have to start talking about yourself and the first thing because it's general water cooler chit chat and good family fodder people ask you how work is going And suddenly you find yourself in that spotlight, in that deer in the headlights moment of having to talk about what feels like to them and to many people an unconventional dream. You're talking about a lot of the people who listen to the show are talking about their online businesses, their dreams for leaving their nine to five job, their plans to own their own businesses. And many of the listeners of this show are choosing unconventional paths. The things that people haven't quite heard of yet. You know, we had somebody write in and talk about how she was a blogger. We've had other people talk about offering online consulting and coaching. I myself do mindset work when I used to be a therapist. We're all choosing different paths, and we're all dream seekers. We're working on personal development. And if we're working on personal development, one of the things we need to work on is how do we talk to friends and family about what we do, why we do it, and why it's so important to us. And this is a a thorn in my own side, I think, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs take themselves too damn seriously when it comes to this conversation. They're completely offended by the notion that their friends and family don't immediately say, hey, you want to be a social media manager? Hey, you want to be a YouTube expert? Hey, you want to help people do online ads? Good for you. The thing is, is a lot of times people don't know how to embrace what they don't understand. And the idea that us business owners and leaders and entrepreneurs are going to take a lack of understanding as a lack of support, our skin needs to get a little bit thicker, my friends. We can't take it personally when people roll roll their eyes, mock us, or don't understand what we're doing or why we're doing it. The example I always give is that my brother-in-law is in IT. I have no idea what he does. I know he does it for the CVS Pharmacy Company, but what he does in data analysis and research and how his stats help the company grow, I have no clue. Years ago, when I was in clinical social work, I worked for... residential company where I worked and helped children and families where the kids did such unsafe behaviors they were no longer allowed to be at home or live in the community. They were fire setters. They were people who tried to, they were kids who tried to assault me. They were kids who sexually touched other kids. They did awful things. My family didn't understand that. They had no way of comprehending why I would want to work with kids who did such horrible things, why I would want to work with kids who would try to hurt me, why I would want to work with kids that the rest of the world would give up on. Why then, because it was a traditional job, did I not take it personally? Like, I didn't take it personally. It's fine for them to not understand. I don't understand a lot of jobs that people do. I wouldn't do a lot of jobs. And who am I to say, like, I don't understand why you're doing that, but, like, go for it. We have to think about why it's so important to us that we get support and think about, do we need it from everybody? Do we need general understanding from everybody? Is it just our inner circle who needs to get it? And if people don't understand, can we make room for the fact that they love us, they want the best for us, they just don't understand what the hell we're talking about sometimes? Because to them, it looks like we're just on the computer all the time, or they hear that I work from home, so they think I never work. I think we have to stop taking it so seriously. A lot of the colleagues and entrepreneurs I'm talking about are dreading this conversation at the holidays, but if they take it less seriously and tell their families what they want them to think, I think it's gonna get a whole lot easier. Instead of dreading the conversation about what you've been up to, how you've been spending your time, how the work is going, plan for the conversation. What do you want people to know? What do you need people to know? And do you need them to know everything? Do, is that really important? I, I think sometimes, again, like it just comes down to entrepreneurs and these... Online business owners taking the whole thing a little bit too seriously. We all know people who do jobs that we can't comprehend. And it's not personal to us that we can't comprehend what they do. Like business people who look at numbers all that all the time or Wall Street people who are paying attention to the stocks. Like there's a lot of things that we're not going to understand and we're not going to know anything about. That's not personal. And we need to do a gut check with ourselves about that. People may shake their heads, people may roll their eyes, people may get a one-liner in. We deal with haters and trolls online all the time. We really can't handle like some offhand comment from an aunt who doesn't get it. I think we need to check ourselves at the door a little bit because I think we build ourselves up that family support and friend support is just so important. How important is it really? Because if you were working a retail job and that you hated and you talked about that and people wondered why you were doing a job you hated, would you take that personally? I just don't think so because you would have reasons for doing the job you hated. So why feel like you need to defend the job and the dream you love? Why make this conversation the doom and gloom conversation of the holidays? And yes, people are going to hear that you're not working a steady job or a quote, end quote, real job. And they're going to tell you about a job offering that they know about. Or they're going to tell you something they think you're really good at. Who cares? They love you they care about you, they want what's best for you, and they don't understand. And if you can just let them have their ignorance, you can put your focus on other things. You can keep the focus on your dream and business with the people who don't understand, small, into the basics, and you're capable of changing the conversation to something you'd rather talk about. Ask them about their kids. Ask them about their work. Ask them about the vacations they took in the past year. Start talking about the opportunities that have found you the places you've been able to go the things you've been able to do as a result of having lifestyle freedom when I talk about my business and when I talk to people about what I do I sort of lead with the idea of saying I know this isn't for everyone I know that not everyone's gonna get this but I tried the traditional path I owned a brick and mortar it didn't make me happy and this new business makes me really happy And the odds of people hearing that and not wanting me to be happy, even if they don't get why it makes me happy, even if they don't understand how I get out from under the feast or famine mentality of when the next dollar's gonna come in, even if they don't get any of it, they still want me to be happy. And the people who don't want you to be happy are simply not worth your time. You get to decide what you want people to know about your business, about your goals, about your dreams. You control that conversation. And if you don't want to talk about it to people who don't understand, don't have the conversation. But don't put the emphasis and the responsibility on the group of people around you to love and support what you do. Because how many lawyers do we know where somebody makes a lawyer joke? How many, you know, like... It just, we all have opinions and the idea that suddenly people shouldn't have an opinion about us and what we do when we're doing the most unconventional path imaginable, we just need to get over it and move on. I think one of the biggest underlying stressors in this holiday season The reason why we create so much drama about who's going to say what, who's going to do what, who's going to ask us about our job is because the undercurrent and the underlying stress is money. We need to buy gifts by the bucket sometimes. Families expand every year with new kids and new relatives and new relationships, and suddenly, We're looking at our wallets, and we're looking at our bottom line, and I know so many people who overspend because they don't want to let someone else down. They don't want to say no, they don't want to look at their own bottom line and feel like they can't show up or represent or give a gift in return. And that amount of pressure and responsibility over like such a short amount of time, that holiday season, the last six weeks of the year, can be really overwhelming. But my challenge is, and I'm going to challenge you with this, to look at your bottom line, look at what you can afford own it, and be unapologetic about it. How much less stressful do the holidays become for you if you take the money off the table? If you acknowledge where you're financially at, what you can financially afford, and you move through this period of time with that knowledge unapologetically, A couple of years ago, my husband had been sick for eight months and then suddenly he got better right in time for Christmas. And I remember thinking to myself, no, 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 I'm not gonna have spent the last eight months taking care of my husband only to now have to go buying and shopping for other people. I'm not doing the holidays that way this year. So I ponied up, I put my big girl pants on, I sent out an email and I said to people, hey, listen, you know, it's been a really hard year for us. I know that this is the time to get together and to celebrate. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you. Please don't buy a gift for me or my husband. We're not doing gifts this year. We're looking forward to sharing his health and good company with good friends, but we're looking to take the financial and stress burden off the table that comes with gift giving and gift buying. And sure enough, everybody else sort of followed suit. They just needed somebody to lead the pack because all of the money is a really intense stress for a lot of people. But if you can be honest about what your limits are, If you can just own that you're not going to spend as much money as other people or find alternative ways of showing up that don't involve finances like making something homemade or giving your time or creating a memory in some way, once you decide you're not going to overspend, you get the power and control of deciding what you're going to do instead, how you're going to show up, how you're going to show appreciation and love. And it doesn't have to come through some tactile, gift that you spent money on that's the story other people have created, that's the pressure in our environment, but it's entirely up to us whether or not we succumb to it the same thing is true for my husband and I this year, right now we're paying for an extended stay hotel while we're trying to get our condo on the market, we're paying for two houses so we're also getting ready to move cross country with all of the expenses that come with a cross country move So no, we're not also doing the holidays this year. We are not also spending more money on top of it. So I communicated to people about it. I told them, I'm really looking forward to seeing you, but no, we're not doing gifts this year. Nobody's come at me. Nobody's questioning me. Nobody's doubting me. They get it. If you can be unafraid to send that same message or to decide maybe you're only doing gifts for kids this year, or maybe you're going to do a Yankee swap or a secret Santa, you get to decide how you spend your money. And the darndest thing happens when you get control over that, you feel as though you have more control over everything. Ironically, I wanted to start this segment talking to all of you about how we need to be flexible during this time of year, how things are inevitably going to happen outside of our control. And as I got ready to talk to all of you about being flexible, a vacuum started going in the hallway and was washing out my words, and I had to wait for it to be over so I could continue talking to you on this show. And that's exactly how it works, my friends. We have to recognize, know, and own that stuff is going to happen. Best laid plans are going to go out of the window. Turkeys are going to be undercooked or overcooked. Our meals that we're trying so hard to be perfect are going to go awry sometimes. Somebody's going to drink too much and be inappropriate. Things are going to happen, and we need to know how to roll with it. One of the best ways I know how to roll with it is to ask yourself in 24 hours, is this still gonna bother me? Is this still gonna be making me crazy? Or can I just let it go, roll my eyes and be on with it and done with it? How much energy we give things is entirely up to us. And that includes this holiday season. After all, we are only talking about six weeks. We can do anything for six weeks. We can put up with anything for six weeks. In six weeks, all of this is going to be behind us and we're going to be doing it all over again, setting New Year's resolutions and moving through 2018 with all of the plans and hopes and dreams we have for the new year. How much energy and time you spend moaning about the holiday season, dreading the holidays, is entirely up to you. I would encourage you to keep it short. It's only six weeks, and you can do anything for six weeks. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having this conversation. If you need my eyes and my ears on your holiday situation, we do still have six weeks left. You're welcome to find me and email me your question over at at heatherachosetohaveitall.com and I'll answer it in an upcoming episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation now, find us at the Facebook group over at Choose to Have It All on Facebook and we can keep talking there. But otherwise, you can tune in to me on Monday because I'm taking the next couple of days off from this show so I can spend time with my family and my friends that's how I want to spend my holiday I encourage you to choose how you want to spend yours thanks for joining me today until Monday I'll talk to you later bye for now